Yo, what's good, guys? It's John. And it's Jita. And we're back once again for another episode of Football by the Sea. Um, we have a lot to talk about this past week because there's been so many big games um, in the Premier League and in the Champions League and games that had very consequential results. So I think the only place to start, let's just jump right in. The first place we could start is uh, Man City versus Liverpool on Sunday because that was the biggest game. That was pretty much, um, quote-unquote, a title-deciding game. Um, The game ended 2-2, but in my opinion... uh, City had the better chances of the game, even though Liverpool did come back twice uh, whenever City went ahead. And it just showed the level to which these two teams are operating on. Like, realistically, for me, all the other teams in the league right now are just trying to reach something close to where they are because when you watch those two teams play and the way that they play and the high level that it's at, it just makes you really appreciate the game. It makes you appreciate what football can be. And, and um, it's really a good adver- advertisement for the league because um, I think that's what Pep Guardiola said at the end of the game or Jurgen Klopp when they were interviewed that, you know, we, we represented this league very well. Um, and even... They uh, shook and hugged, and you can see that there's a mutual respect there. Um, you know, what did you, what did you make of it? First of all, wow, that was like a whole speech right there. <laughs> yeah, I just had to get that off. Like, like I, I didn't even think that I had anything to add, but uh, yeah, the I'll say the game was everything except for actually being a title decider. It was entertaining. It was end to end. You know, there was there was some dodgy mistakes by both teams at certain points. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess you could say, based on how the game ended, you would say, in a way, Man City dropped two points because Mars. I don't know what happened to him for that final chance. But yeah, like you said, these are just two teams playing at the highest level. I mean, I'll tell you. We've never really had two teams like this uh, in the Premier League. Yes, we've had the, the era of United and Arsenal, United and Chelsea. But those teams didn't have to be pretty much at the peak Perfect. of their powers yet yeah. every weekend. Like th- This is an era where uh, pretty much Man City or Liverpool cannot afford to even draw a game. Yeah. Back then, you could afford to draw a game, and you could still be like, "Well, you, you could afford well. to lose." Yeah, you could afford to lose, like you know, uh, a few games here and there. But now, it, it's it's not about that anymore. It's like you you need all three points. I mean, both teams have the record for most win wins in the league thirty two wins. That's you know that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I mean, I mean, Liverpool came second with what ninety seven points. That's that's insane. Ninety-seven points. That's wins that's title-winning. Yeah, like in, points in most, in most other seasons. So yeah, it was. Uh, it, I mean, it, it was just amazing to watch for just as a neutral. You know, when you have no stake in it, you you know what you can enjoy such games even more. But then, as a fan, there, I think there's also another level of like 
pressure and anxiety because you know you want your team to win so that you can go in and win that title. Uh, at this point, it's still Man City's title to lose because as of now, I believe they have on paper the easier running. Yeah. To the title, I think Liverpool still have to play Manchester United and uh, Tottenham, and then Tottenham are finally starting to get into some sort of form under Kante when they played. And when Tottenham played them early in the season, it was a game that I felt Tottenham should have won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, when you, but but things didn't play out that way. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because the funny thing when it's stuff like this. Teams usually loot, drop points to the teams you don't expect them to drop points to. Mm. It's what we're seeing from this league right now. So yeah, uh, an amazing, amazing game of football. Like, uh, I want to say I want to see games like this every week, but then that was sort of dilute. Yeah, how no, special it was. Yeah, I agree. It was. It was. It was really great to watch, um, and it was never boring throughout. It's really, like I said, a good advertisement. Um, one thing that I will say though is like when we look at the game itself and how it played out, the first half, um, I think Man City were were on it at the beginning of the game, and I I don't think Liverpool expected them to really come out the gate the way they did. And De Bruyne was everywhere; he ran his socks off. And uh, I think that would have been naive if Liverpool thought that because City were playing at home. No, I just mean the, the the intensity with which they started the game um, was very, for lack of a better adjective, intense. Um, and like I said, K- KDB was everywhere throughout the entire game. Um, showed his quality with his goal. Um, and um, I think Liverpool did a good job of coming back in, especially after... Um, you know, they scored. Liverpool came back the first time. I think, who scored the, their first goal? Jota. Yeah, the Jota goal was uh, was a good goal. I think it, was, it came off the mistake, right? Sort of. Yeah, kind of, but also for his shot as well. The keeper could have done better to save it. But yeah. yeah. It was still good, being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And, um, you know, you would have said after the first half, okay, I think City should just control the game because they, they scored the second goal um, before halftime. But then uh, Liverpool just out the gate in the second half, the Mane equalizer, which was a really good worked goal. And then it was just game on at that point. But uh, like you said, there were chances for City to close it out with with uh, Jesus and um, later Mares. And they didn't close out the game. So realistically, will that come back to bite them? I'm not sure because as things stand, nothing really changed. We're still where we were before the game started. You know, City with one point ahead. So now it's just a matter of who has the mental fortitude to make sure that no point is dropped between now and the end of the season. I believe City can do it, but... You never know. A draw could come up somewhere. Um, yeah, no, it's... I can see both teams winning all the remaining games, you know, and that still gives City the league. Yeah. I think the the thing with Liverpool right now is, you know, it's completely out of their hands. They need another team to do them a favor. Yes. Which is, you know, where you never really want to be when you're chasing. You, this was their game to really, you know, you know, go ahead and 
continue that momentum. I mean, they still have momentum. I think uh, so. Like we said, uh, I think as long as City aren't really playing any team that's fighting relegation, because those they might be. I believe they are. Um, and this is the part of the season where you never know who's going to put in a performance. It could even be a team that's just on the beach that has nothing to fight for that could put in a performance. So who knows, really? Um, they could drop points because I would prefer it if, if Liverpool, um, just in my opinion, I would want Liverpool to win the league this season. Wow. Um, because I feel like um, as much as people talk about how Man City and Liverpool are these two teams and it's sort of like a rivalry, it's not really the same as how I see what we were describing with um, the Manu and Chelsea and Manu and Arsenal type of situations because um, there's no... Uh, it's more Man City at this point. It's skewed more to Man City, in my opinion, unless you're counting Champions League. But I'm like, I'm, if we're just talking Premier League alone, Man City has way much of, more of a upper hand in that battle. Um, and so, to make it more even, I think Liverpool. I would like Liverpool to win another league because I think the way their team is built and designed. Um, there's something that just feels more organic. For me, they're easier to root for. And Jurgen Klopp is a manager that seems easier to... He's just... I mean, Pep is charismatic, but Klopp is charismatic in a way that seems more relatable uh, to me. So I just think it just makes it more a little bit more even. Um, if we're looking at them like 10 years down the line, I don't want it to be just like City won majority of everything. Yeah, I think even if City win this league, I don't think anyone is going to easily forget this Liverpool team and the level that they're playing at. I mean, Especially of course not. Of, you know, of course a lot of not. things you said, because for them to be able to keep pace and pretty much not spend uh, up to half the money City have spent is uh, is a lot to be to, to be uh, commended. Yeah, but co commendations but, don't give you titles. No, <laughs> yes, I agree. They they definitely need to win more titles. I mean, they're still on course for a uh, quadruple. Yeah, I mean they're they're playing the FA Cup this uh, against City again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This coming weekend. So that's I think that's also going to be another enjoyable game to watch. Yeah. Um, but you know, we can move on from that. Uh, the next game I wanted to touch on was, um, speaking of teams that need other teams to draw points, uh, Arsenal Brighton, um, we'll go to Manu in a second, but I just wanted to touch on the Arsenal game cause that was the more surprising result. I would say, well, the Everton one was also very surprising. But um, I just want to touch on Arsenal, Brian, because uh, this is the top four battle. And now it looks like Tottenham are in pole position over because of their win at uh, Villa. And they're not in pole position. They, they they're three points more. ahead. Arsenal still has one game in hand on them. Against Chelsea, which, you know, that could go either way. I'm putting my hands up. We don't know how I, the yeah, game no, goes. I completely agree that, you know, at this point, it is... Tottenham's 
uh, place to lose because everything seems to be falling into place for them. Arsenal have gotten an injury still pretty much the spine of their team. Mm-hmm. So they're not as strong as they were. And United is, just seems to be falling apart at every chance they get. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, yes, you would say that uh, Tottenham are in pole position to take that fourth spot. But, then, but as we've seen, teams just aren't consistent you don't expect them to lose yeah i mean when tottenham lost to burnley a couple of weeks ago even a lot of tottenham fans are written of their own team yeah oh yeah i mean and and here's the thing about this race is that every week <laughs> the narrative changes um it, and it's kind of crazy it almost feels like uh in men in black when they do the uh thing where neuralizer yeah and you just forget everything that you said the previous week. And then this week it's Manu. This week is Tottenham. This week is Arsenal. I'm like, there's really just no consistency between any of these teams. Um, the most consistent has been Arsenal up until now, we can say with these two games around. But I would say that um, I can understand the Palace loss where uh, you have to criticize Arsenal and specifically Arteta is the fact that in the Brighton game, playing at home, he took out what was left of that spine in midfield and decided to play Shaka at left back, left back when everyone thought he should give Nuno Tavares a second chance. I thought Nuno Tavares should get a second chance because leaving Sambi Lakonga alone in the midfield meant that uh, after not playing for such a long time, uh, meant that uh, he would struggle being there by himself or having Odegaard kind of pair up with him. It, it's not worked before and it's not working now. I mean, to be fair, last season, they did try Xhaka playing in left back for a couple of games. Oh, no, it, it worked. It, 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 it worked the job. until the uh, Villarreal semifinal. That, that was when it pretty much stopped working. Mm-hmm. And so for that alone, I can understand why he did that. But at the same time, I felt this was pure naivete on his part. Yeah. To, to, to almost sort of just forego that midfield. I, I understand that, you know, Lokonga is sort of seen as the future of that midfield. And, you know, and the boy definitely has some talent. He, he has an eye for a decent pass. But that experience is, is not there. missing. Yeah. And, and you could tell... Also, because uh, uh, also the, the goals at Brighton, well, the first goal they scored, I think part of it was because Jacka is not a natural left back. Of course, yeah. It but just, he... And so, uh, the, for me, the main reason Arsenal lost that game was, was the midfield. It wasn't even just because Jacka was at left back. The midfield of Arsenal lost that game. It was completely overrun. There was no and, and, uh, I don't know, like... Uh, uh, Alexander Lacazette has pretty much just lost all of his charm. Even like his link-up play is almost non-existent the last uh, the last few games. So it's uh, uh, Ateta has a lot to think about. I uh, I definitely don't envy his position. I mean, I already saw a lot of fans saying, "Oh, he's out of his debt." Ateta out, and it's like uh, anyway. Well, we know fans. You, you can't. Uh, they only need the, the tiniest thing to go wrong and. 
Uh, I mean, but uh, to be uh, fair, to be fair, to play devil's advocate, it's not tiny things that have gone wrong. If we're looking at... No, I'm not saying this is tiny, but I'm just saying how fans are in general. Yes, yes. uh, Arsenal has been on a good run. And then logic tells you that all good runs always come to an end. Mm -hmm. And every team goes through a blip. But at every blip, it's always, oh, it's the end. Otero should be fired. And I'm not saying that's just Arsenal fans. That's a lot of fans in general, especially for teams that are, like you know, in the top half of the uh, of the table, especially mm-hmm. teams chasing the top four positions. Well, my thing is is just I can understand why people are frustrated because no, the frustration is fine, but it's just every frustration is always Arteta out. Yeah, and 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 I don't agree with that necessarily because at the end of the day. At this point, if you just fire the guy, the, you, you still have the same ownership structure. You still like who are they going to bring in at this point right now? I, Ten Hag is probably going to man you. Yeah, uh, who, it's, it's it's the main reason why you don't put fans in charge of you know teams like that because the the truth is sometimes when you're leading an organization like this you can't go with your heart you have to go with your no head. you can't you can't and and the the thing is that we because of how well Arsenal's been playing recently the expectations did change and that's fine for people to be upset about uh the losses i do also think at the same time we need to be able to um I can't begrudge fans. I can't begrudge fans for being emotional. I can't begrudge fans for no, definitely not. There, it's it's fair to be very disappointed at that loss. Arsenal played terribly. Yeah, and like it wasn't like until the said, the ninetieth minute that they what the eightieth ninetieth minute that they like scored. Both said that it was a loss that I think we both believe is firmly on the manager's yes. doorstep. Yes, his tactics were a hundred percent wrong. At the same time, you know. We we don't need to lose our heads. For it, I've, I've I, I mean I understand that you know he he's never been the favorite for all of the fans, but I I just feel that you know because when Arsenal was winning all those games, everyone was saying, "Oh, don't get carried away." You know, it's still a work in progress. True. So that same mentality should also apply when things aren't going well. Okay, yes, you lost two games, then you shouldn't lose your head and feel like. Everything. I mean, if I feel for one, it's mm, and I, I feel like it's more so coming to the forefront because of the fact that Tottenham are picking up form at the right time, and then it's not I, coinciding with this I agree, I agree happening. With all that. But I'm just saying, if we can say that for one, yeah, it's it, it's easier to let things go when it's we shouldn't get carried away when we win. And we, we shouldn't get carried away when, when we lose. Scored. That's fair enough. That's fair that, enough. That's that's pretty much my stand on the whole thing. And it's also the fact that like, Brian hadn't won in like what six, seven games, uh, barely scored. Hey, this um, is an Arsenal team that lost to Everton. So back in, like you, it's uh, you know, like I said. Th- th- no, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. I mean, if we the league has been crazy. Like if we if the if we use it to shift over to Manchester United and Everton, Everton just lost to Burnley in the week. When, when and you know what's crazy? We literally was, predicted this in the last episode. Yeah. That is literally what we said. They they led that Burnley game twice, and they ended up losing. And at the end of that game, Sean Dice pretty much said that uh, uh, Everton is a team that doesn't know how to hold on to a lead. 
and on Saturday they did the exact opposite of that. Yeah, they uh, scored and they held on to their lead. I was thoroughly sh- like I literally woke up because I I didn't uh, watch the game, but I woke up right when the other games were starting, and I saw the score and like at first my you know like you're, you're kind of sleepy, my brain kind of just glanced over, it. and I was just like, wait a minute, is that Everton with one? I'm just like. Whoop. I watched the game, and uh, United didn't play well, mm. but they did have chances to score. But it it just uh, and what I saw in that Everton game was it was a game of individuals, and Everton still themselves still playing like a bunch of individuals. But you know they got lucky with their goal. It was a deflection of uh, of Maguire. Mm-hmm. It went in and. <laughs> And they did what they had to do. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I guess I could say kudos to them, but realistically, um, I don't know where Everton sit now. I think they're a few points above They're still the in, relegation. Uh, I think, 17th. They're four points. Because, uh, you know, Burnley beating them sort of just put Everton at one point above Burnley, but then Burnley went on to lose. And Everton went against Man United, so it just it went back to what it was right before that game. Mm. So, do you see them staying up? Is the question, Everton? Oh yes, I definitely see them staying up. Yeah, I, I feel Be- like even because, if, yeah. because the truth is, the teams below them, Burnley, Watford, and Norwich, have been woeful. So, so, so much worse than them. Woeful. So, it, it, I mean, uh, uh, Watford lost three 0 to to Leeds. Yeah, that's um and then big up to uh the manager. He seems like he's getting something out of there. I mean, the Leeds ma- manager Jesse Marsh. He seems like he's getting something out of them to make sure that they stay in the Premier League um to, for next season. And I, and I don't think anyone thought that a few weeks ago. No, they they're definitely staying up. I, I think Burnley Watford are definitely going. I don't think much is going to change between those three teams. Because mm. for those teams to go, to stay up, they need all the teams above them to lose, uh, to lose a bunch of games, and they can't seem some to some supernatural mojo jojo would have to literally take place. Yeah, for for <laughs> them to not go down. That's how bad their positioning yeah, is. Yeah, so you know, like said, there, it's it could still like anyway. Everything we've seen has been crazy so far in the league. So yeah. it's definitely possible that one of them goes on a crazy run and and someone else ends up going down, but yeah. I won't, you know, I won't put any money on it. And and speaking of Manu real quick, um what is I know we've talked about this club a lot and as much as we can disparage, well not disparage but criticize Arsenal for uh losing two games after international break. Manu is... I don't know where to place them now because even after the game, I don't know if you saw um, the video of Ronaldo smacking down a supporter's phone. I didn't frustration. see it, but I heard about it. Yeah, he smacked down someone dude's phone and then he put up an apology, I think. The, yeah, he put up an apology on. and then invited the fan to come to Old Trafford to watch a game free of charge. I was like, just buy the guy a new iPhone. My my thing yeah. is, I understand that he cares. I understand that he has the passion. I understand that he produces results. But there's a reason why people 
kind of like and I don't want to have to go back to the whole Messi Ronaldo conversation realistically but there's a reason why people um yeah everything yeah, yeah. isn't about the skill of the of the two players some uh, of it is about the way they carry themselves and the way that you I carry exactly yourself in you a mean. loss matters as much as the way you carry yourself in a win and sometimes the way that Ronaldo does it feels like you know yeah, he's feels, not the reason why you lost that game. He, I know it. It kind of looks like he's being a petulant child. Yeah, he's looking and he's throwing like his toys away. I I get that. I see that point. The reason I don't care about that <laughs> point or I validate it is because when you look at the players around him, you could tell that his hunger to win is it's not matching much higher. <laughs> Than that of his teammates. Yeah. Because the one thing about what does Ronaldo guarantee you? Goals. Mm-hmm. As he delivered that, when he's had his chances, he's taken them. When he is, you know, falling a bit behind, that's when you need, you know, your teammates to step up. Mm-hmm. When he, back he was, when he was back he was at uh, Real Madrid, when he wasn't scoring goals, he could rely on Benzema to score goals or Bill to chip in. Over here at United, he can't rely on any other person. No one other, no other person is doing anything. That's true. It seems I, like. I mean, yeah. if uh, if you if you go back to the documentary, The Last Dance, with Jordan was. I mean, based on the stuff we heard about, Jordan too was like a mean person to be a teammate with. No, yeah, yeah, he was not fun. Yeah, he uh, was not fun. But like, he elevated everyone around him. Yeah, and he made people better. And I think Ronaldo does do that. Um, but no, I feel like these players, like you said, I, I don't know. Maybe Ronaldo doesn't do it as well as uh, as Jordan does. But maybe he doesn't have that same, you know, pizzazz or, or, or words to like to say someone to also bring them up. But just, I think Ronaldo is someone who prefers to lead by example. Mm-hmm. But it seems like his example is not enough to, and 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 that's to, to uh, I guess the. F- that's a symptom of, of bigger issues with, like we've said, a team of individuals. At least we can say for a team like Arsenal's, like they're young, right? Um, and that's not giving an excuse for f- losing. But at least it still looks like there's a team cohesion there. It still looks like... I mean, the Arsenal thing is the cohesion and all that stuff. That is... It, it's fairly recent. No, yes, of course. That, of that, course. Uh that cohesion was not really there in like Wenger's last season and it wasn't the, it wasn't there in Emery's second season. But what it, I'm what it, I'm it, saying it, is that it, it's very recent. So I, I and I won't really compare because you know the the makeup of the teams are both very different. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying. No one would expect a team with much less expectations in in the sense of an Arsenal or a Tottenham to, I mean, you can say Tottenham have Antonio Conte, right? That, that could probably give you leaps and bounds just in having someone like that in your, uh, leading the team. But as for Manchester United, you would think that at least individually, some of these players would just put the team on their back and it just feels like it's not happening. Yeah, I think a lot of them are waiting for someone else to do that. No one is taking the responsibility. It's um, 
Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for it. We'll see mm-hmm. what uh, the new manager does when he comes in. Yeah, uh, I think it, it's a team that definitely needs a revamp in some areas. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know the happiest person in Manchester will be uh, Van der Beek. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, his former manager already knows his talents and his stuff. I mean, I was watching the Everton game, and then who did they bring in? Juan Mata? I was like, okay. Yeah, like, what is he going to do? I don't know. I mean, Juan Mata is a, is, a, is a good player, but, you know, he's... Uh, in terms of the impact, like, when you're uh, losing... His legs are gone. He, he doesn't have the same speed and stuff as before, but... You know, United are, are where they are right now. Like, like we said, you know, we're surprised they lost Everton. It's another crazy thing can happen, and United going to beat Liverpool at Anfield. Crazy things happen in this league. No, that's that is very very possible, and and I think sometimes they they tend to turn up f- more for like the bigger games, even if they may not win. Um, I would say, well, at least they want revenge for the five 0 right? Um, I don't know if that's going to happen for them. You know, it's possible, but like I said, when it comes to the way they're they're just individuals, um, unless I, you know, Ronaldo gets a goal, spurs on the rest of the team. Um, but anyways, like we don't have the answers for United right now. Um, but moving on to a team that bounced back this weekend, Chelsea, Scoring six goals um, away at Southampton. Southampton did not turn up, man. Yeah. I, I, I had the game on as I was also following the Arsenal game. And the the goals they conceded were just so sloppy. And I honestly thought Chelsea were going to get up to nine. I thought Southampton wow. was was, was, was going to be another nine. That That is what <laughs> I thought was going to happen. Why is it always Southampton? Like I was completely convinced that that was going to happen because... I saw the goals like they were making Sunday league mistakes and it was it was very poor. Yeah. Um at this point I understand that they're like firmly mid table in terms of um how they play and in terms of who they're able to recruit, but when you look at other teams that have um put together something with young players or or unknown players and, and you know created a structure i have to look at the manager i know he's he doesn't have the resources of a top 6 team but neither does um patrick vieira neither does a lot of other managers and uh i think he's been there for a couple of years now and i would have expected more because when he came in he was kind of lauded uh, for what he was bringing to them, but they've never really done much since he's been there. Like Southampton have just stayed stagnant. I mean, yeah, there's some truth to that, but remember they uh, they keep losing their best players because they don't have the money to keep them. I mean, I understand they, that, but there so are other mid-table clubs. A, a, f- a feeder club for Liverpool for a while. Uh, I mean, I mean, two of the players that transformed Liverpool came from Southampton. But I get that, but that was a, that was a while ago now. That was, you know, 
Yeah, but you know you don't replace players of that caliber so easily. I mean, I, I get that, but I really do believe that at this point, like Ralph Hassan Hutu, should like have more scrutiny on him just because it's Southampton. You don't okay, really expect them to do much. Whoever they bring in next, what do you expect the person to do? I'm not they, saying they're that just going to be, a, be another mid-table team because they don't have the resources to challenge the top teams. And they're too good to go down. They're just another perpetual mid-table team. I'm not saying that they need to necessarily replace him. I'm just saying that, you know, it, they could and it could change things. Or I'm saying you don't have to have the resources of a top six team. A, a team like Crystal Palace does not, but they loaned, uh, they sorry, they um, brought in Conor Gallagher. They know how to bring in young players and, you know, sort of find something granted that's more recent but they you know they can put a good structure together and you don't have to have the craziest resources to do that is what i'm saying they have a good structure they're they're a team that depends on their on their youth system so i mean i don't know what else to expect from southampton i don't know what you're expecting from them honestly i was just saying that i thought the manager should be criticized more no Anyone who loses by more than pretty much four goals is always going to get criticized. He's getting criticized. It's just that at, at, at this point, if you fire him, you're probably going to have to end up paying out the rest of his contract and then not spending more to bring another manager in. And they're probably looking like, yo, we don't have that money. And to be fair to him, every time they've lost massively, they've bounced back very well. Yeah. Oh. When they lost 9-0 to... Uh, to United, everyone thought, oh, relegation. But no, they bounced back after that. When it happened with Leicester, they bounced back after that. Well, here's hoping that they don't because uh, I believe Arsenal is playing Southampton next, but we'll get to that eventually. Um, so real quick, the next game that we had that day was the Wofford-Leeds. There was not much to talk about for that one. Um, Leeds were good. Wofford was terrible <laughs> as usual. Um, the Aston Villa Tottenham game, I w- watched just a little bit of it. The first half, Aston Villa was really um, coming at Tottenham. After Tottenham scored the first goal, uh, they pressed them. But uh, I believe that Hugo Lloris kept them in in that first half. Sorry, kept uh, Tottenham on top in the first half, realistically. And uh, Villa, you know made a lot of sloppy mistakes that led to those goals and Son getting the hat-trick. I mean, kudos to Son. For me, if there's any player like I, that I would ever want to take from Tottenham, like I, we've said before, that would be the guy. Um, and they look like they're in a good position right now. They're three points ahead of Arsenal. Obviously, they still have to play Man U and they still have to play uh, Liverpool. And Arsenal. And Arsenal, so, um, but a lot of Tottenham fans believe that they're going to beat Arsenal, which is interesting. Um, but I mean, they have a great record at their stadium uh, in the North London Derby. Well, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, like we said, Arsenal lost like pretty much the span of their team, so we would say that makes Tottenham the favorite. And yeah, I was surprised that they trashed Aston Villa. So well, I expect Villa to put up more of a, a fight, but yeah, like everything is uh, 
is falling into place for Tottenham at the right time. Mm-hmm. Their rivals are, are are losing form, so it's uh, so it's yeah it's it's everything is looking up for them at this moment. Yeah, so May we'll not con- continue. Yeah, I mean, like we said, the <laughs> season still a good amount of games, so let's see what happens. Um, and uh, the game, the other games that happened. Um, on Friday, we had Newcastle versus Wolves. Newcastle winning by 1-0. Um, I don't know. Are Wolves still in European contention? I think they're like... What, no, what place they're are not. They? They're... Where are they on the table right now? Uh, let's see. They're in eighth. Yeah. And like you said, it really just shows how quickly narratives change from week to week in a in a volatile um league it's just so unpredictable what's going to happen um but kudos to newcastle um not much to say about that one yeah for newcastle at this point they're just they're just waiting for the season to be over yeah Uh, same with a lot of those mid-table teams i still think the biggest result of the weekend was norwich beating burnley like norwich (laughs) finally won a game yeah, no one saw that coming, honestly. Not even Norwich saw that coming. So, Timu Puki actually scored a goal. Um, g- uh, good for Norwich, you know. and um, Good for Norwich, and what the hell, Burnley. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel bad for Burnley because I don't really yeah. like Sean Dyche that much, to yeah, be honest. I mean, apart from that, they were just on the high of coming down from... from, a, from the, Well, they weren't two goals down against Everton, but... They came back to beat them 3-2 mm-hmm. on a high. And, and then they then, couldn't take that momentum and move forward with it. Yeah, and they lost to the team who's been giving <laughs> out three points to everyone. Everybody. Literally everybody. Like, yeah, it's just... Anyways, um, Burnley, I don't know if they'll find a way this season to stay up. Uh, no. Sean Dyche usually finds a way. He rolls up his sleeves and he finds a way. Yeah, um, I think their time is up. So, um, if we go back, the last, the other games, the remaining games from uh, the weekend that we didn't talk about were Brentford beat West Ham by uh, two goals, which I was surprised by that. Um, West Ham are just, I don't know what's going on with them. They're kind of like floating in in the top six somewhere. Um yeah, their bid for top four is pretty much done. Yeah, I think so. so I think they, they they might still get a, a, a European spot. I think they're still in Europe as well. Yeah. And there was one last game? No, there wasn't. No? Okay. Um, so, real quick. Because probably can't count. <laughs> real quick, moving on. Let, let's talk about the Champions League results from last week. Uh Real Madrid going to Chelsea and, you know, pumping them. Well, not really pumping them, but Benzema getting a hat-trick. Benzema popped them. Well, Benzema pumped them, yeah. Benzema getting a hat-trick um, at the bridge, and it's looking peak for Chelsea in the Champions League right now because everyone thought that they would at least turn up at home against Real Madrid, but... Uh, Real Madrid is kind of proving to everyone again why this is their competition. 
you know and those were three lovely goals like the the uh the second header where he was sort of moving away from the ball yeah no nah, he he pretty much showed an example of like the types of headers the first one was like a bullet header mm. straight to the top corner and the second one was like a nice cushion header yeah and he it, was he was like falling away it was a pure example of uh, of what of what you expect from a good center forward. Yeah, uh, they were they were just great. Uh, the third one was a mistake by. Uh, and he's doing this at uh, at thirty four. Honestly, yeah, it was it was it was it was nice to watch, and I think a Kai Havertz got a goal back for them um, at two one. Yeah, he did. I w- I was surprised at how Chelsea kind of. Uh, I guess I just expected more. Because mm. even if they lost the game, I didn't expect them to lose by that margin. I don't think anyone did. Um, so I, I, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen in the second leg. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, mm, I think it's done, to be honest. Because I don't know if they're going to go. It's possible no, that I they mean, could they, do it. They, they have to go out and, um, you know, they, they have to go for it. So yeah. they have to be a, a lot more attacking. So... It's a game that pretty much just allows uh, Madrid to play on the counter, mm-hmm. and they do they can do that very well. Yes. Um, so, but you know, uh, the honest truth is, based on what we've seen in the past in the Champions League, I mean, to be fair, it's usually only PSG that blows leads like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, but, but just the one year with Barcelona and Liverpool, but uh, that was kind of special. I don't think that's something uh, that well, you're going to see. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm saying about the fact that you know, like you just it happened to Barcelona, so it, it's not over until the fat lady sings. I mean, what well, with uh, Liverpool's one, their second, the second leg was at Anfield, so you know they were mm. able to use yeah. the power of Anfield to to get back. Yes, that. that's true. This they're going to the Bernabeu, and that's yeah, like I said, that's not somewhere that you just go to and impose your will. Um, yeah, I think. I think very few English teams have won there. But I think all the English teams that have won there have been from London. So maybe Chelsea do have a chance. Yeah. The other Champions League games were um, City and uh, City Atletico. Atletico. I think it was that. That was a 1-0, correct? Yeah, it was a 1-0 yeah. lead. It was a very... It was almost an attack versus defense. Phil Foden came in and changed the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pretty much won that game for City. Yeah. Um, that with that assist, um, yeah, and then the second leg is at uh, at Atletico, but part of the, I think their fans are being banned because they made some not some racist remarks during the city game, so they're being punished by UEFA. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think there was yeah. a section of the fan base that are making Nazi salutes. So oh, geez. Okay. Um, yeah, so they're gonna be playing that game without a full stadium, I believe. It's weird. Um, I think for this game with Madrid, if they're losing by Atletico Madrid, they're losing by one nil and it's two legs. That seems like something that suits uh, Diego Simeone. Um, in any situation, that doesn't seem like a bad situation for him um, because of the way that they play. Like they could get a goal at home and then it'll just be anyone's game at that point and they could just shut up shop yeah, or if know, they could get two quick goals shut up shop there's no more um, away goal rule 
Yeah. So, but yeah, that's why if they could get two goals, sorry, then just defend like they normally do. Uh, I could see. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, it still involves them having to play attacking football, which they can do. You know, it's not their greatest strength. Yeah, but but that makes the game more open and a more mm-hmm. open game fits we'll Manchester City, City. Yes, we'll suit a City. lot more. Hmm. So um, the, the 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 saving grace for Atletico is that it's it's just a one 0 lead. Yeah, in my opinion, though, I think realistically City should go through. Yeah, City should go through, and there's no more away goals, so yeah, it, it's anyone's game. And then uh, the other game was Liverpool Benfica. I believe that was like a two three. Was it three 0 A three one lead. Three one. Um, so I think this is pretty much yeah, done. Yeah, that's done. Um. I Nothing think much to say there. The real surprising result was uh, Villarreal beating Bayern Munich. Yeah, one-nil. that was the other game, um, which should have been two nil, if not for the for the disallowed goal for Villarreal. I don't know how Coquelin was crossing, but then his cross was so bad it beat everybody, including the keeper, <laughs> went into the far corner. But I, it, it was called back for being him being offside. Yeah, I think um, this one is very, very much in the balance because it because Villarreal didn't score another goal. Now Bayern has a chance to just go all out, um, and they can easily, easily do that. Um, I don't know if if uh, Emery can pull it off. I think that'll be a very, very important victory for them. Yeah, I mean, then, they definitely could because, like you said, yeah, Bayern have to come out. All guns blazing, going on, and Villarreal can just play on the counter. And Emery, I think that suits Emery's teams because then they just have to play it out wide, run, and then just cross the ball in, which is has always been Emery's favorite style of play. Yeah, and you know what happens if they win? Um, everyone that's uh, an uh, Emery fan or that has something against no, Arsenal is going to come out. Emery fan, but I, I think he's already proved to him that, you know, it, it's not that he he was a bad manager. It just wasn't a good fit. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Because it, it's because uh, if you come at him for his time at Arsenal, then you also have to come at him for his time at uh, PSG. At PSG, he he's the manager that lo- that blew the uh, yeah, one yeah league. No, that's I mean, like I said, most people aren't going to take that into account when they're bantering anyway. So um, it is yeah, what it is. Yeah, I guess, but he. He he was never a bad manager. It no, just, it, it just wasn't I don't think right. Anyone believed that he was bad. Um, I I think he he performs better when he's at a team that doesn't where the have a lot of expectations are are not yeah, that are high. much lower, and he doesn't have a lot of eyes on him. Yeah, because when it was that severe, that's when he was doing his business. But PSG, there was all these eyes and expectations. Too many expectations. Big names. Same thing at Arsenal. Yeah, similar at Arsenal. Too many expectations. And but now he's at he, he's at a better he's at a better place. Yeah, and, and good for him. Um, I think now we can look at uh, the upcoming fixtures for the Premier League. So this coming weekend, um, we have on Saturday, it's not that many games, uh, Spurs versus Brighton, um, yeah, the early kickoff. Cup. Oh yeah, the FA Cup is happening, and then we can... Pull up those fixtures at the same time. Um, Spurs versus Brighton. Um, listen, this is going to be a Spurs win. They're playing at home. Uh, I know Brighton just won in London. Yeah, but like I feel like 
watching that game, it was a case of was Arsenal were te- really bad on the day, and uh, Brighton saw that and um, took advantage. I think Arsenal were worse than Brighton was good, in my opinion. That's not taking any away from the fact that they scored two good goals. Um, I can't see Spurs losing this one. I think it would be like a 2-0 or something. 3-0 maybe. Okay. And uh, Manu Norwich. I expect Manu to bounce back. Mm-hmm. If <laughs> there's, I mean, listen, stranger things have happened. Yeah, but I don't know, Norwich's bad is a different level of bad. Yeah. Like, I think United have to be... I mean, Norwich did just win. <laughs> yeah, but they won against Burnley. Like, oh, jeez. Uh, I think United have to be, like, pretty much have their shoelaces tied together for them not to win this game. Yeah. And, and anything short of a win should be considered a loss for Manchester United. Yeah, it would even, be even disastrous. Even if they, they tie this game... That that is disastrous. Disastrous. Um, I mean, they should win this game with like one eye closed, mm-hmm. one arm tied behind your back. Um, next game is Southampton Arsenal. Um, now this is tricky. Two losses on the bounce, and I think Arsenal really. Are, first of all, Arteta needs to get his tactics right. He should put Nuno back at left back, in my opinion. I mean, whatever happens, I think. I think this is probably going to be like a 1-0 Arsenal win. Because throughout the season, anytime Arsenal have gone through their blips, they usually bounce back with like a 1-0 win. Uh, they have no choice because if they lose this game, then I think that's... I really think that'll be top four done. No, the only choice is to win. Even if they tie this game. I don't yeah, know. it's not good. They have to. And Southampton just losing 6-0. They're playing at home. They'll definitely want to respond um but yeah, like i know they want to respond i know at this point they're pretty much safe they're not going to be relegated so yeah they're safe but it's like the it's know, it's, pride thing. It's, yeah it's close to the end of the season so i don't think any of them go super hard to you know risk any injuries or anything i mean i'm, I'm not saying that they're they're already on the beach or anything but yeah but they're kind of already on the beach realistically um that doesn't mean that they won't turn up yeah they're, they're professionals they're still stand up they're still putting up a performance yeah i just At hope something better than last week yeah i just hope that arsenal puts the first of all the formation well has a spine in midfield um listen if you have to play shaka and lakonga together uh, i don't know how well that's worked before it's not really worked at all i think but anything that gives us a spine there because our our defense has been very good throughout the season it's only i mean this last two games that we shipped like five goals i mean besides the start of the season but that was also a, a different uh, defensive unit that we were playing with then uh, i think the defense has to be solid and arsenal has to play quicker like they, they can't be confused and um uncomfortable you know get an early goal and settle down and you know um just control the game and i think they can do that um next game is wofford versus brentford what do you see as the result i think it's another brentford win wofford have been woeful and brentford are in a decent bit of form they just beat chelsea and just beat west ham mm-hmm. so yeah they're they're definitely on the road 
Yeah. For another win. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, nothing to say about Watford, honestly. Nothing to say about Watford. Um, on Sunday, we have Newcastle versus Leicester. I think this will be an interesting tie. Um, this could be a draw, in my opinion. Mm, Newcastle is playing at home, and Leicester haven't been great away. So it's... Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it might just be a tie. I can't. Yeah. Can. Leicester haven't been that great, in my opinion. Um, then the next game is West Ham versus Burnley. Uh, West Ham just lost like what two games? Yeah, but S- still expect them to beat Burnley. <sighs> expect in reality, like we've been seeing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we still have to. Uh, Give expectations or, or predictions. No, they they should and they should be Burnley. Honestly, they should. Yeah, I I think they'll beat Burnley. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for the weekend. Now let's look at the um, upcoming FA Cup fixtures. Uh, the big one: Man City versus Liverpool. The next match is on. Uh, Saturday, so while all those Premier League games are going on, Man City, Liverpool going to do the second. Well, I mean, it's not a second half, but it feels like I feel like whoever wins this game um, is going to go on to win the FA Cup. But I, I also feel like in terms of league momentum, I know this game doesn't have bearing on the league, but maybe psychologically it might and i feel like the teams would be more um expressive whoever loses the game it will have more effect on them or the league yeah i think it you know uh, yeah i I think the game is more about you know some sort of pride because for city they if they win the game it can st- go on to win the FA Cup, win the league, and win the Champions League. You know, that's the trouble. The one thing mm-hmm. Manchester United is always boasting about, if City do it, that's going to destroy a lot of uh, United fans. Liverpool are in the hand for a quadruple. If they win it, they can go for the FA Cup, still be in contention for the league, and then the Champions League as well. Yeah, that's, anyway, that's I, huge. Anyway, either way, it's United fans lose. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, but then we still can't just uh, turn a blind eye to Chelsea Crystal Palace because for comp competitions, you kind of have to throw league form out. Yes. Because it's not really about being the best. It's just about what happens on that day. It's a one-off game. Yeah, it's not really... Mm. The, the best teams never usually win comp- cup competition. I would actually be happy if Crystal Palace um, win that game because then, you know, it'll also, I guess put more spotlight on what Vieira is doing there. And uh, if they (laughs) could somehow win the FA Cup, then it would give them a lot of... Number one, it would also uh, really show that in England, like it's not um, about having the most money. Like The league has shown that, but... uh, I think it'll be good because realistically the FA Cup is pretty much Arsenal's cup. 
and uh, some other that, people get it sometimes. That's besides the point at this moment. I mean, a cup competition is never really about who spends the most money. I mean, maybe in the Champions League it is, but for domestic, at, at least in England, or how it usually are everywhere, it's supposed almost any team can win it. Yeah, but I, if, I, I even though that doesn't always happen, but it always feels that way because it, when an upset happens in the FA Cup, it's much more expected than when it happens in like a league game. True. True. Um, I think that just for Crystal Palace, I feel like it will definitely help raise their profile more because look at when Leicester won it last season. Um, you know, because they had squandered the top four, but they won the FA Cup. So their season had some, it was given the stamp of success. Yeah, but it's in different for, for Leicester because they're not part of like that one of the the big teams in England. Yeah, no, uh, that's what I, I'm saying. Neither are Crystal Palace, so it would be good for that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it it will be a much nicer story. Yeah. For for a team like that to win it. Um than for either Liverpool or uh City to win it. But anyways, or Chelsea. Um yeah, I think that's pretty much all the games coming up and everything else covered unless you got Anything else you got? No, that's it. Yeah, guys, um, that's it for this week. Um, we'll be back again to talk about the results. And, um, yeah, stay safe, everyone, and we'll talk to you later. All right, thank you for listening. Ciao.